Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello. And welcome to the Times Business Podcast, where we take a look ahead at events that will be making news in the coming days. I'm Richard Fletcher, business editor of the Times. This week's podcast is a rate rise special ahead of the meeting next week of the Federal Reserve. Uh, will they, won't they, that you'll still be able to download after the event and either nod along wisely at our foresight or alternatively laugh at our lack of it. I'm joined by Alex Freen, our US business editor, Philip Aldrich, our economics editor, and Patrick Hoskin, financial editor. I'm going to start in a second by asking Alex to briefly take us through the timetable. But before I do that, let's get the cards on the table from everyone. Rise or no rise? No prevarication, please, from everyone. Phil? A rise this month, yes. I'm going to go for it. Patrick? No. Alex? A rise this month. Uh, so I'm, I've got a divided room uh, to, to work with. But uh, So, Alex, perhaps you could just start by talking us through briefly the timetable of what happens when but in, in the run-up to the announcement. Well, the Federal Reserve has its monthly policy meeting of the Federal Open Market Committee. That is a two-day meeting that ends on Thursday. And at the end of the meeting, Janet Yellen, uh, chair of the Federal Reserve, comes out and holds a press conference and tells us what they've decided. And we have been, you know, waiting on tenterhooks for months uh, with everybody thinking that September was going to be the month. And then suddenly, with all the turmoil that happened in China, a lot of people started thinking, well, maybe it won't be this month. If it's not this September, the, um, a lot of people think that the Federal Reserve might make a decision after its December meeting, because that is the next meeting at which there is a scheduled press conference. But I would say that they could also make a, a decision after their October meeting. They, they, they've made provisions for there to be a, a hurriedly called telephone press briefing if a decision is taken at the October meeting, so don't rule out October. The other thing I would say is that on uh, Thursday, it's not going to be a binary decision. It's not, will they raise interest rates, will they not raise interest rates? What they could do is take a third path, is not raise interest rates, but say very clearly that they are going to do it in the next couple of months. And, and what do we know? I mean, obviously, there's been a lot of uh, China has obviously, and, and the turmoil in China has has has, uh, has given people sort of uh, nervous cold feet. But talk through the, the the U.S. economy. Where are we in terms of? We obviously had job numbers uh, recently. Where 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 is the U.S. economy at the moment? The, the U.S. economy is doing. Uh pretty nicely, thank you very much. It's not spectacular, and the growth is weaker than a lot of people would like to 
see. But having said that, we had uh, pretty good job growth in the second quarter of uh, 3.7%. We've had good jobs numbers month after month. They go up and down, but overall the picture has been uh, very positive if you average it out over the last six or 12 months. Uh, Wage growth has been a really big weakness. And there has also been a weakness in in the manufacturing sector. That is partly for all kinds of reasons to do with uh, mining and oil production. Not entirely, but a large part uh, to do with that. And um, there's some wrinkles with the auto industry as well. But the Federal Reserve has said that they were looking to see a modest improvement in the labour market conditions. Um, They got their modest improvement in labour market conditions at the last uh, employment report. They said they were looking for an employment rate of between 5 and 5.2. They've got an employment rate of 5.1%. So on the jobs and economic side, um, they've got what they need and what they said they wanted for an interest rate rise. They have been concerned about um, the lack of inflation. And, you know, inflation has been dragged down a lot by the energy sector and the oil price. So that is still a big uncertainty. And Phil, if we do get a rate rise, what does that mean for the global economy and, and global markets? Because obviously we're talking about the world's largest economy. This is obviously going to have knock-on effects for, 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 for other parts of the world. Well, for, first of all, if uh, the US raises rates, it will be sending a very clear message that the US is in a strong position and that the economy can withstand rate rises. Uh, so, so, you know, on, on the messaging front, it, it, would, be, it would be a positive signal. Uh, there will be repercussions, though, through the markets because, um, you know, during the QE bonanza, there's been a lot of dollar investment and a lot of capital investment in emerging markets. And part of that has been driven by the fact that you get nothing on your money in America, same as in the UK, um, but you do get some money on any investments in in, uh, in emerging markets where interest rates are higher. So uh, what may happen and what has been happening in anticipation of the rate rise is that uh, this money is coming back to America and being invested in in bonds and in stocks and in uh, and in you know US US assets and, and and advanced world assets because basically the advanced economies now look to be doing better than the emerging market economies in terms of sort of trend development of uh, you know growth momentum. So there may be some repercussions for countries like Brazil, which is which is already uh, in recession, and uh, countries like Turkey, which have got big exposures to uh, foreign denominated uh, debt, uh, and and uh, you know some of the Southeast Asian economies uh, as well. Uh, so it's, it would be a good thing, but it will not go without a hiccup, I would imagine. And, and does it does it mean that we're likely to see a rate rise sooner in the UK than perhaps we would have done, or, or, or are they completely disconnected? They say they're completely disconnected, uh, and Mark Carney says he's his own man, but all of these things tend to be coordinated. You know, you, we've just had the G20 meeting in August, um, uh, and back in 2009, uh, when, you know, QE and uh, there was a stimulus programme to help the global economy, you know, the central bankers and finance ministers and, and leaders all got together and, you know, coordinated policy. This is another big moment you know the, the moment that you know the leading largest economies in the world start to tighten rates after you know it's been nine years since the u.s last actually raised rates this is the kind of thing which you would have thought you know there will have been backroom conversations to, to make sure that the coordination ensures that there won't be you know a crisis that flares up as a result of it so uk i, I imagine they would 
it would mean that we would go a little bit sooner. I think the markets would probably suggest that. And Patrick, a bumpy few days in the markets when the when the if we do get a raise or if we don't. I mean, it, it obviously has an effect. I think I think it's probably going to be a bumpy few days. Whatever happens, the markets are incredibly skittish at the moment. Obviously, we've seen the great wobble of China that really really alarm people. But I, I'm, I'm kind of not convinced they're going to going to raise because uh, inflation is very subdued. Uh, the markets don't think it's going to happen. The market, the futures market's pointing to about a 30% chance of a raise. Um, and then you've got history. It was interesting, um, if you remember the great uh, tapering dramas of 2013, when uh, the, the Fed kept on uh, signalling it was going to start to taper in September 2013 and we got right the way to this point in exactly the same way, way we are now and then uh, they didn't and they left it till December and I just wonder whether we might see something similar. Absolutely and Alex the great wobble of China as Patrick calls it I mean do we, ha- do we, get, do we get the impression that the Fed is worried about the effect that that could have on the US? Well, it, it depends who you talk to on the Fed. Uh, what, what we do know is that the Fed is very divided on how much the great wobble of China actually matters to the American economy. My view is that it doesn't matter what the numbers say. This is a psychological thing. And the important thing about the current volatility is the sort of macro signal uh, behind it and the message it sends to investors. And, it, it, you know, to use uh, Patrick's word, it makes investors very skittish. And it really does matter. But there are those on the Fed who are trying to downplay that. Should we should we be? I mean, we are. I asked you to, at the start whether you thought we would see a, a rise, but should we see a rise? I mean, it, it seems to me we could we could be in a position here in the UK and perhaps in the US where we get to the end of the economic upcycle and we and we and there's not there's no ammo in the gun because rates are, are so low it's impossible to cut them. I mean, Phil, should we be should we be? Yeah, I I believe we I believe we should be uh, seeing. A rate rise. I mean, as Alex illustrated, uh, the U.S. economy is strong, is going, is going gang. Well, not gangbusters, but it's going, it's going very, very well. The, you know, the concerns are the repercussions of what uh, of what the rate rise will do, and those will be there no matter what. And, uh, and obviously, you know, the cycle. So financial uh, cycles last seven to ten years. We're now nine years. Well, we're now sort of seven years since the crisis, or six years since the crisis. Is uh, there another one looming? Do we really want to have rates at zero? Do we really want QE maxed out in the US at three point five trillion? You know, do we do we want to have uh, central banks that can? Respond and just on um, you know the the issue of um, market volatility and you know, wh- whether th- whether the the rates should rise now at the G20 summit uh, just recently lo- last month the um, emerging markets actually were were telling uh, the U.S. officials there that um, these emerging market central bank governors were telling the U.S. officials behind the scenes that the time had come for the for the U.S. to just get on with it you know one 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 person said you know quoted Nike he said. The, the slogan should be just do it um, and uh, there is even though the emerging markets are concerned about what may happen they're equally concerned about the just endless volatility and speculation that's being caused by the date of takeoff so why not just get on with it um, it is coming do it uh, just do it is that your view Alex well it is my view because what they can do is raise rates by a very small amount and then raise them very gradually thereafter or raise them by a very small amount and then do nothing for six months. But I think there is a point that uh, on the just do it 
issue that, you know, the Fed is in danger of losing credibility if they don't do anything after building up expectations. Um, and they can um, and have already said they would um, make sure that the rises in interest rates are very, very gradual. So, yes, I, I would go for just do it. Patrick, put on your trainers. Yeah, no, I, I agree, actually, that they probably should do it, both for, for credibility reasons. And, and just um, it does feel a bit of the uh, dentist waiting room here, doesn't it? That it's never quite as bad as you think it's going to be, so uh, maybe just get on with it. And the, the, other, the other point is that we, we, it, this is not some sort of huge foot on the brake moment. This is just taking your foot slightly off the throttle. It's still, you know, rates are incredibly low by historic standards. And is there ever a good moment to do this kind of stuff? There's always China's flared up. It, August is always a problematic month, isn't it? Everyone's on holiday. Markets overreact to everything. Um, uh, uh, China flared up. The market market may well looks like it have overreacted is that enough of a reason for the for the u.s to put things on pause i mean there's there's always little problems there's never going to be a perfect moment so you know get on with it there is a credibility issue to be fair in raising rates and then a couple of months later cutting them again because it does look a bit stupid frankly and i think that is probably the one of the biggest concerns that the fed policymakers have and i think in the uk as well you can see it in the minutes to the bank's monetary policy committee uh, meeting where you know china is a concern and they just want to watch it a little bit longer before uh, they make their minds up alex is that your view is is that is that what you believe is holding them back well it may be but Kelly Yellen and other members of the Fed have made it very clear that they would be very happy to raise rates uh, by a small amount and then wait to see what happens. Um, so I don't think that there, there's a huge amount of worry um, in Washington, D.C., that they would have to undo any interest rate rise. They could just leave it there. And, and Janet Yellen made it very clear um, at her last press conference that she doesn't believe in a sort of mechanical, oh, you start right, raising rates and then you have to raise them you know, every month subsequently. She, she, she said she's not going to do that. That's not how you approach this. So I don't think they're so much worried about having to do a U-turn. Um, they're, they're just nervous about getting it wrong. But I, I think um, I would just go back to what I said before. If they do a small rise and wait and see, um, that, that gives them the leeway to act straight away. Thank you. Well, that's all for this week. Uh, we'll be back next week when you'll be pleased to hear I'll be back answering the questions rather than asking them. Don't forget, if you want to hear us weekly, then you can subscribe through iTunes. My thanks to Alex, Philip and Patrick. They're all on Twitter, so do follow them. We'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. Thank you for downloading. To discover more, head to thetimes.co.uk.